This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. This is the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. Barstool Talk Daily. Except it's really early in the morning and no booze. For the most part. Thank you and welcome to the show, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. It's Buzz Adams Morning Show. It is Tuesday, September the 15th. Year of our Lord 2020. Well, this is an am I the a-hole, but it's not from Reddit. It's more like from uh, a listener. Somebody uh, sent one in to us and wanted to know if we think they're the a-hole. So that that mainly is a subreddit. And that's where we get a lot of the the scenarios, but this one is just from somebody who wants some help. Wa- wants our uh, opinion. our opinion. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good morning. Lisa is going to tell us a little bit about this very controversial Netflix movie called Cuties. I mean, it's not a, a Netflix original, but it's a movie that started showing. And no, and I saw someone put that in an article. They're like, Netflix, they they produced it, and they're the ones that made this happen. I'm like. No, dude, it's from France. Well, they put they put it on, and I guess uh, according to the person who made the the lady who made the movie, Netflix was responsible for the image, which people found really controversial. Right, the way that that Netflix was promoting the movie, that was definitely on them. Uh, but the actual movie itself, it's made by a French director. She said it is based off of her life and growing up. In France, this uh, is the one where uh, the ad for it from Netflix had these girls. Well, it was a still, so when I say dancing, I mean they were they were posed in in a way that people found I found uh, kind of provocative and a little cringy. I'll say that, but I haven't seen the movie. Um, and I would guess like ninety nine percent of the people who've commented on social media probably haven't seen the movie. Right, which either. is why I watched it cuz I, I saw a lot of people saying different things and I thought if, you know, if if you want to have an opinion on it, watch the movie. You got to watch the thing, right? Yeah, and I did watch it and I I'm not there's a scene in there buzz where I just couldn't help but have flashbacks of Little Miss Sunshine. <laughs> because I told you it's like well, did people get this upset cuz the thing they're uh, upset about it is kind of like uh a dance routine, I guess. I haven't seen uh, the it. whole movie is about the a girls do, and, uh, being on a dance team. And I brought up the Academy Award nominated American movie Little Miss Sunshine, which has a really, I mean, part of the central uh, climax of the movie is a very inappropriate routine by uh, Abigail Breslin, as I remember it. Right. I didn't really like. Little Miss Sunshine, but it—I don't remember anybody bringing it up and saying, "Oh, that's inappropriate." And I even found it inappropriate. But I think that that was made more for laughs. It wasn't—it was supposed to poke fun and how ridiculous this dance was that her grandfather taught her. Yeah, but it—it seeped in to your brain, so you were thinking of Little Miss Sunshine. Were you drawing a comparison between the two when you were watching uh, Cuties? Uh, yeah, there was a couple, there's another movie, I can't think of it right now, but it has Charlie Day in it, and he goes up there. Horrible and, Bosses. And he starts. Horrible Bosses too. 
Uh, maybe I don't know where he goes up onto a screen or up to there's a kid singing and he goes and joins the kid in the song and, and that I thought about that scene too because it's really you can tell the scene is made to just like shock is it the one that he was in with Ice Cube that movie I just remember that there was a little kid singing and they're like me as a parent because I see it as a gif or a meme and that's it but All right, well, let me ask you this. Maybe? You you watched this controversial movie mm-hmm. on uh, Netflix, and, I mean, are people right to be disturbed by what they think is going on in this movie, or are they, are they misjudging the movie? Um, so, I think people are upset about it, but at the same time, I found myself laughing because, why bro, why are you not mad at then when they're looking at, like, they're they're trying to do these TikTok dances? Why are you not mad when they're watching these music videos? Why are you not mad when they're... Who's they? You mean just, like, little girls in, in general? Yeah, I've seen little girls on TikTok doing the WAP dance. Oh, uh, okay. And so it's kind of like... There's even a, a, a move that's in the dancing. I'm like, oh, that's a part of the WAP TikTok dance. I've seen it. So uh, I think people are upset, but at the same time... There's things in society that you priority. Yeah. If, if you're upset about this movie, there's things that you priority should have been upset about. You know, my youngest, uh, when she was, I don't know, six or seven, was was part of like a dance team, and mm-hmm. you know, it was like a good way for her to meet friends away from you know in the summer away from school, and it looked like it was good exercise. And but there was an ongoing thing with the parents is like, well, do they have to wear so much makeup? They're seven, you know, stuff like that. Do they really need to do this this particular shimmy? It just looks a little stripty. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that that was my thinking too. Is that you know a lot of the dance and then there are people are saying oh these provocative outfits. I'm like, I, I, most dance teams that are that age are wearing outfits like that already. So it's not. Uh, I I didn't. For me, I just kind of thought oh that's normal. Well, look, I didn't see cuties on Netflix. I have no intention of seeing cuties on Netflix. So I'm just going to have to either ignore this controversy or uh, base it on what you're telling me and what other people are saying. Yeah, I, I did actually. I found myself by the end of the movie still horrified, but <laughs> I found myself liking the ending. I really liked the ending of it. So I thought it was really good. I mean, watching I mean, the, halfway through, I feel like I didn't get the whole pers- perspective that the the director was going for. But at the same time, it, it did make me think, and which I thought was interesting because it made me think like, well, growing up, you know, I was doing dance team and jazz and recitals and stuff, and we were dancing to Bob Fosse and... <laughs> um, you know, and he wasn't a perfect person either. And so I just, I found myself, if they would have picked, I think, a different genre of dance, you could have still shown the horrified parents or mother who, you know, is raising her daughter as a traditional Muslim. And, you know, but she wants to be popular at school and she wants to join this twerk team. And So I think if they picked a different dance genre, they could have made the same uh, point that I she think was there's an make. there's an ongoing thing where where people ask, and I I think it's uh, fair to ask, why do adults have to put children mm-hmm. uh, in these situations where they are sexualized? And I'll, I'll give you an example: are those pageant shows, those reality pageant shows? You know, you've seen those before, and it's like, why do you want 
why do you want your nine-year-old to look like a 20-year-old? You know, why, yeah. why don't you just let him be a nine-year-old? That's another... It's kind of weird. And somebody out there is getting turned on by this, which is gross. You There's this I mean? one scene where they pan to the audience and like this mother is looking horrified, covering her kid's eyes. And the little and the there's a uh, like it looks like a teenager and he's sitting there like, yeah. And it just it was so, so disturbing. Yeah. I was like, oh, man. Well, it's like remember the uh, mockumentary best, not best in show. Um, <laughs> no, um, that was the dog version. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, God, you know which one I'm talking? It had Kirstie Alley in it. Drop Dead Gorgeous. Drop Dead Gorgeous, yeah. Remember that one? One of those judges was the creeper, man. Don't you remember that guy? Like, he's watching the girls from afar. And even then, these are old, like, these are high school girls. Mm-hmm. It's still a you know, pageant, but it's like 16, 17-year-olds. Most of what I know about pageant life, I got through uh, the soup. <laughs> you know, because they were reviewing these. Toddlers and tiaras. T- yeah, and, and dance mom or dance bitch or whatever you know that was Mm -hmm. so it's like it's basically uh joel McHale telling me and showing me clips of this show i get the impression from that that a lot of the organizers in dance are moms who might have not done as well in their own beauty career and a bunch of uh gay men (laughs) is what it seemed like yeah uh, so anyway, that's cuties is a really controversial thing right now on uh, Netflix. I don't have an opinion because I haven't seen it, which is normally my, you know, that's usually my policy is if I if I haven't seen a thing or read a thing or heard a thing, I don't really have a comment about it or I don't have an opinion of it. Uh, by the way, did anybody have uh, Trump agrees to debate Biden hosted by Joe, Joe Rogan, Rogan in uh, Apocalypse Bingo? Because not. put an uncooked bean seem, on your bingo card if you had that one. Because doesn't seem that all far fetched, though. <laughs> Seems right on par. Yeah, I don't know if. Uh, I mean, Joe Rogan has already said that that he's supporting Trump, right? So normally they try and get. I don't think he has. I think on one of his shows he said that if Biden was the was the nominee, he would he would support Trump. Now, the only one that I heard him say was that he would he would vote for Bernie Sanders. There's one from April 6th saying I'd rather vote for Trump than Joe Biden. There you go. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're going to have a single moderator, you're usually looking for somebody who hasn't yeah. already said. Um, yeah, I don't. I mean. I, I get that Joe Rogan has a lot of uh, listeners, but is he going to get them all to smoke weed before they go on? Because that sounds like, like when I have heard the Joe Rogan podcast, it sounds like everybody is either, has either smoked weed or is smoking weed while the while the podcast How is going How frequently do you on. tune into his podcast? Not that that's often. That's the furthest thing from the truth. I don't know. Like the way that he goes on some, some of his mental tangents sound like that he's pretty big. Yeah, I think me. you're I don't I don't think you're basing this on a lot of knowledge of Joe Rogan's podcast anymore. I mean there's there's times where he does that when he has comedians in. Well they'll do that. But then there's other ones where they're completely sober actually having discussions about pretty big topics. Yeah, I it was one that he did on coronavirus it was very informative. And that was at the beginning. I get that a lot of people have bought in that Joe Rogan is like 
really smart and knowledgeable. But no, that's I, not the I don't point. Hear, I don't hear that. That's not the reason you listen to it. The reason you listen to it is because the guest is knowledgeable about yeah. their topic. It's he's not willing to ask questions. Right. It's because it's someone who's like you that's talking to an expert asking the questions that you want to know that you would ask if you were put in that situation. I, let me I'll just and say he actually this. lets them answer the times that I've heard the Joe Rogan podcast like he follows a lot of very non scientific based trails of thought like he thinks that the, the whole solution to this coronavirus is to take massive doses of vitamin D. No. No. Uh, yes, I've heard him. I've heard him say that on two of the most recent podcasts. He's like, people should be taking vitamin D. Why don't they tell him to do that? Yeah, he says that it's healthy for you to take vitamin D. It's also healthier if you get it naturally from the sun. And no, it's not going to kill the coronavirus. Like it seems like you're shooting from the hip here on very little knowledge. I've listened to a dozen okay. Joe Rogan podcasts, and I don't know. He comes off as kind of conspiratorial in some ways, and. Uh, not knowledgeable in a lot of other ways. I don't think, well, not knowledgeable, I don't think is a bad thing because <laughs> you, I, you don't have to be knowledgeable to talk to an expert about it and ask questions to become more informed and educated on subjects. And that's kind of what I like is that I, I, I like that he can ask questions and, you know, he doesn't have a problem sounding ignorant on a subject because he doesn't know and then ask an expert who is knowledgeable and they'll give him the correct answer or, you know, give him more information on a subject. I heard the one he did with Alex Jones. I mean, I yeah, thought he just kind of gave him a free high. pass. A party. Yeah. And they, they, I mean, Alex Jones was saying things where it's just like, oh, this, this guy needs medical attention uh, of some kind. And they, he sounded really high on that one. So, and well, then they admitted I, that. I heard one with well, you know what I'll listen to the ones with Joey Diaz because I know I've known Joey Diaz for a long time and it sounded like they were pretty baked on that too. Well, don't listen to those then. Listen <laughs> yeah. to one about what he, like listen to the. Did you listen to the one about the coronavirus at the beginning? He did, I think, I believe in March. The ones I heard with the, about with the, the experts. Yeah, he had a coronavirus expert on in March when the pandemic was just starting, and um, that was one of the first ones that I, I listened to, like from beginning to end. Look, I'm not just ripping Joe Rogan apart here. I get that, that sounds like it's all you're doing. No, no but I I would kind of like to experiment with what he does. Like he starts the the show and he does 20 minutes of commercials right off the top. Not anymore. Okay, maybe I haven't listened to one in a while. I'm not <laughs> saying that I'm saying. a regular like, listener. I'm just saying that, okay, it's a joke that Joe Rogan would moderate a debate between the two presidential candidates. I hope it's a joke, right? You know, I mean, people are putting that out there. People are putting that out there as a joke, right? I think there's people who are serious about it. Okay, it's the Buzz Adams Morning Show podcast. So I'm banned from uh, going to our own Facebook page yep. just yeah. because it puts me, I guess you think it puts me in a bad mood or you I tell forget. people to F off or whatever. Well, and you also <laughs> get too involved in it and you forget about doing the actual show. Yeah. All right. So I'm yeah. banned. And if I if I go on, like you guys have decided, it's like a swear jar, except for me, it's a pay for coffee for Brandon and Lisa jar. Woo! Yep. Yep. We're and Joanna, when she's here, Joanna's off Star- for a couple of days. We're getting Starbucks all this week. Yeah. So thank you for that. 
You lost yesterday. You just lost again right now. I, I haven't been on Facebook. Yes, you, you totally have. were. I love how yesterday he goes, that wasn't me commenting. Dude, it says, it says right there. by Buzz well, You don't have to sign Okay, it. I have an explanation that. for that, though. Uh-huh. I thought that it only said that it was commented on by the Buzz Adams Morning Show. I no. didn't know that it specified that it was me. No, and you know what's funny? So, so I mean, I did it, but I didn't think I was going to get caught. Well, oh. it always does that for me. <laughs> and then Joanna the other day said, oh, look, it tells me now who commented. Like, if it's, it'll say, like, commented by Brandon mm-hmm. or commented by me. And I'm like, yeah, mine's always said that. And she is all, not mine. I, I tell you, Facebook, and I, I realize talking about Facebook, uh, to younger listeners is like talking about telegraph. <laughs> you know, it just yeah. sounds like such an outdated thing, but Facebook has been a little wonky. Like for a couple of weeks yeah. or a month there, like I could, the, the comments. Since the big update. And, and yeah, yeah I the comments the wouldn't way. download, and now they are. I've noticed, so whatever's going on over there. But. It's because they're redoing their format. They're having more of like a Twitter style uh, Facebook format, and I mean, I don't like it at all. But, you know, I, I don't, don't think any of us do. Yeah. I've been trying to get corporate to let us move to Twitch, but they keep shooting that down. <laughs> I would love that. Because you know what we don't have to worry about on Twitch? Getting shut down for copyright. Oh, really? It's yeah, like the Wild Wild they, West over yeah, on Twitch? Care. Yeah, I don't care about that. Well, how many people? I mean, I don't want to be like I'm jerking people around because we were on YouTube and then we decided now it's too, you know, mm-hmm. they popped us on YouTube. Because we played a clip of a Beatles song. We don't even play yeah, the Beatles like on the air. Yeah, it was like 30 days. It was like 30. No, it was like 90, 90 days. Oh, 90. Oh, yeah. So we said, all right, gee. And then we went over to Facebook, and that's still a struggle. Like, we occasionally get muted on Facebook. So just to give you an idea, like, if we ran uh, a, back in the days when we had concerts, if we ran a concert commercial, say, for Rage, mm-hmm. who's going to mm-hmm. come, we run that. That could get us pinged. If, yep. it, if it picks up that we... We had a clip of a Rage Against the Machine song in a commercial. It might enforce it against us. Uh, so if you're saying Twitch is an option, what's company's uh, position on this? That Twitch just isn't as popular, or we I don't know. Get enough people their, to follow their us over thing, there. Or their what? biggest thing was that originally, and this is how fun our corporate is. They just they, they never are able to quite lock in on their explanation behind something. They just don't want to do it. Until yeah. they change it. Because remember, or until they can find a I've way got, that... I've talked, yeah, I've talked about this before. It was like a year ago. They were like, we don't care about your podcast. Just do whatever you want. We don't want to hear about it. Then all of a sudden they realized, oh, we can make money on these podcasts. Now we're going to change how you do it and it's going to completely screw everything up right, and your podcast is going to load properly. That's why the it's podcast exactly went away for happened, like three man. months. And it, oh They're like, how God. dare you start this without us? So now you have to redo everything. Oh. More like Clown Square, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> so I brought this up when we were on YouTube and I've been trying, I mean, for at least three years now, maybe longer, where I've asked, why can't we move to Twitch? It's a better platform for streaming. They don't have as many copyright rules. We're not going to get pinged. It's like, well, we need to push the YouTube channel because the YouTube channel is how we can make some money. That's ah, bullcrap. We I don't think we've ever made a dime off of the YouTube channel. Wait, we, we have a YouTube channel? Mm-hmm. Well, our, our radio station does, not not our show. What do they do on it? You're not allowed to play anything that even comes uh, interviews and stuff go up. Yeah, like whenever no. I right. interview a band, it usually oh, okay. goes up on there. Right. Our bird boxing video, that's where that is. <laughs> okay. So any any videos that we produce, that's where they go. And then when we got pinged for copyright because of that Beatles We had to take our, our live cast off of Yeah, we were like, look, we don't want to threaten because YouTube was very serious. And they're to the point like, hey, if you guys 
uh, get pinged again, it could potentially be that's it and all of your stuff is deleted. And we were like, ugh, we don't want to do that. We could get the death penalty. Yeah. So then we moved over to Facebook and then Facebook now has all these these issues and copyright things. And, and so I've been pushing for it and it seemed pretty promising because it's an easy way to make money like Twitch. It's the strangest thing. I don't know how it happens, but that's how Shim makes almost all his money now. He live streams on Twitch. What is he? What kind of stuff? He plays does he his do? music, and he even does cover songs. Does he and take requests? Yeah, yeah. He does. So he has a couple of things. He has the lockdown sessions. He does those on Friday nights, and the lockdown sessions where you get to write a song with Shim. He puts all the music together, and then you help him write the lyrics. And that's usually lasts for a few hours. And then on Saturdays, he'll do a VIP session. And what that is, you pay for a ticket to go into this VIP session. I think it's capped at 12 people. So it'd be kind of like when he was in town and he did his VIP session before the concert where people get to, it's like an intimate setting, chat with him one-on-one, request songs and so on and so forth. He does that on Saturdays. And, you know, he makes a lot of money doing that. But for some reason... Corporate's just like, oh, we don't know. Okay. Well, if I'm going to be banned from Facebook, I'll need somebody to like keep me updated on on some of the pertinent comments and questions over there. So, well, the pertinent one of the pertinent ones, which you told us about because you were actually in the Facebook chat and you were lying to us. But, <laughs> I mean, true. we'll talk about it because somebody was true. asking about the afterbuzz. Because I haven't done an afterbuzz in maybe two months. I think, and I just I it's ran a, out of time. You had a good solid following over there on the After Buzz. I did, and that was on was that on YouTube or did that go? That was Facebook? on Facebook as oh, well. God. Yeah, gotcha. the, the, it's just Facebook became easier to stream than than YouTube did, um, and it's just I ran out of time in my day to in, in week in order to be able to prep the After Buzz, and then I, I started noticing it's like I'm kind of just going into this thing without a lot of prep, and that just it ends up being terrible. So I decided to take a step back, kind of reorganize things, and I might bring it back maybe as a once a month thing. Um, but for right now, the after buzz um, is just it's on a hiatus. It's not completely gone. It's just on hiatus. But if you want more of me, just go to Rockstar 101. That is a weekly podcast that Brandon does with Shim Moore, who used to be the lead singer of the and songwriter and guitarist for Sick Puppies. And he is a he is a crazy rock and roll animal. Yeah, <laughs> he really is. He's pretty funny. So the newest episode, we talk about which one of these four songs has the better guitar riff intro: "Wonderwall," "Sweet Child of Mine," "Back in Black," or "Enter Sandman." Oh, and then we also tell. Wait, is it specifically guitar intro or just yep. any? Guitar it's, the guitar, intro? it's the guitar riff. It's the intro at the beginning, and then we also talk about really funny karaoke stories. And uh, Shim has really funny stories from the road where Nickelback would host a big kind of party at the beginning and get everybody to sing karaoke together. And he said that it was um, it was a really genius idea of them to do this because it, it set the mood for the whole tour because they did this at the very beginning. He's like, it set the mood for the whole tour and it got everybody on the same page. And it just it it was awesome. What would it be like? All right, we're going to karaoke, but everybody's going to karaoke to photograph. Everybody's no. going to do photograph. No, I can't remember what they played. Well, I mean, if it was karaoke, they probably just left it up for whatever you want to pick out no, of the binder. I think they, no, there was, I think there, <laughs> there was were one, parameters. Not, yeah, I think there was like, a, like we're all singing karaoke to this song. It might have oh. been Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, that would have been interesting. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. 
Today is the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month. That's right. Hispanic Heritage Month Woo. begins in the middle of the month of September. That sounds just like us. We're a little late. And it, it goes through the... I mean, it's a full month. It mm-hmm. goes from September to uh, August 15th. But I like it. Is it because of... Well, what is the reason? Do you have any idea, Lisa, why, um, why they do it like that? Is it because DSA says de septiembre is tomorrow? Listen, I'm late for everything, so I just assume it's because of me. Right. You know, today's El Paso Day, right? A uh, no. starting point for the commemoration because it's the anniversary of the independence of five Hispanic countries, Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, who oh, all doesn't declared even ca- independence it- in 1821. In addition, Mexico, Chile, and Belize celebrate their Independence Days on September 16th, September 18th, and September 21st, respectively. Okay. So. Yeah, and today's El Paso Day. Yeah, basically we're late, okay. Did you know that? I've never heard of of El Paso Day. Really? Today's 915, baby. Yeah. Oh! (laughs) Is that a new thing, or did you just make it up? I think I made it up, like, months ago. Because you know how I have my daily calendar? I wrote it in there. May the 4th? A long time ago. And all I wrote was El Paso Day, 915. I don't think it's an official Let's thing. Let's get it started. It 915 is, is El Paso Day. How would we, how would we observe it? Um, how could we observe El Paso Day? Well, you got to go with the standard food. We need like stuff like menudo, right? That's just Start good. the day off with some menudo. Oh, yes. Or maybe some... Some pasole. Well, I was I was just thinking of, like, machaca no, <laughs> for breakfast. Yeah, not bad. Actually, not bad. yeah, I was is like, this a all lot of people be food or started it? it last year after <laughs> uh, the events in August. Right. There was 915 day. Was it on uh, 915? yeah. Yeah, 915. Okay. Okay, but... But somebody had had observed that last year, right? Yeah. All right. So maybe Brandon can't can't claim that he uh, invented it, but we can get behind we it. Can, right? Yeah, we could push it. When did Khalid have his concert? Why do I think it was on today last last year? Go to your Facebook memories. Um, mm-hmm. If you posted anything, it should pop up on there. I don't put anything on Facebook. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got. Uh, we got that. Go. You can go to your Instagram. Page Instagram. There down. you go. Memories. Yeah. Let's do a check of uh, our website, buzzadamshow.com, which is updated. Uh, we're now doing like an online version of the Florida Man game, so you Ooh. could uh, play online. I got that up. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to get back to this in a second. Uh-huh. I read, so I read a lot of Brandon's articles, especially when they have my name yeah. in the headline. <laughs> so it was, I read this thing Brandon wrote, why you can't trust Buzz's judgment Mm-hmm. On new TV shows or movies, yeah, you can. And there are a couple there that uh, I'll cop to, but then there are a couple that you're saying in the article that I I deny Ooh, ever okay. ever saying that. No, I you said all of what I put in there. So Brandon's been uh, posting a lot, uh, especially uh, the firefighters uh, or the fires that are being fought by firefighters on the West Coast, but especially Oregon because you're from Portland and like your mom had to leave her house and yep. she's at your sister's and they might have to leave that house Not because anymore. of the fires. They, uh, it's, oh, it's, good. It's, it's tamed down. Now, closer to the fires, it's still... Really, I mean, the the air quality, it's to the point that you're not allowed to go outside. If you don't need to be outside, stay inside. Uh, but my mom was able to go back to her house um, a couple days ago, I think. 
and she's just kind of hunkered down and it just she's like it reminds me of when covid first hit i just hang out in the house i clean the house and uh watch tv so so i was reading one post and and it basically was saying uh look this people are sharing on social media that that it's either Black Lives Matter or Antifa are going out starting forest fires. And Mm -hmm. you just pointed out that the local uh, police departments, in fact, have addressed this and said, listen, to our knowledge, this is not true. Uh, You know, stop spreading this because we don't have any information that leads us to believe this is true. Then I pop down to the comments and people are irate that you would dare State a fact based on uh, a police, you know, uh, press release from yep. a police department. It's like, what, what, did you just not read the article? Or See, and I, I, I don't think your article was saying it's impossible that, you know, somebody's starting these fires. In fact, I think some people have been arrested. But what the police are saying there in, in the local area is that we don't have any indication that there's any political motivation. Yeah, there's no, one way or the other behind these fires. There's no proof of any of that yet. And that's the well, whole that point. Well, that ticked people off because how dare you yeah. contradict uh which isn't even a contradiction. It's just say, look, here's what the police are saying. We don't have this evidence right now. So, you know, maybe hold off on spreading it until there is some evidence. Yeah, so I posted this back uh when was the 11th? That would have been last Friday. So then on Saturday, after seeing everybody, and, and here's the interesting thing. I know I'm doing my job when I get both sides arguing with me because I take pride in being independent. I don't consider myself a conservative, and I'm certainly not a liberal. But if both sides are attacking me, I'm probably doing my job. You know, I have seen a few comments, not as many as the ones penning it on Black Lives Matter, but I've seen a few saying, you know what it really is? Are these right-wing militias trying to make Black Lives Matter look bad? And they're the ones well, starting it. I don't think there's any evidence of that either. No, there's not. And that's the thing is that... that um, you need to be able to take information from a reliable source and a picture on the internet is not a reliable source. So I even did another blog over the weekend, or I'm sorry, article over the weekend talking about, here's here's what we actually know about the wildfires and arson in, up in the, uh, the Northwest and uh, down in California. And there have been multiple arrests. There have been, like there was a guy in Puyallup uh, Washington, who filmed himself, he got arrested. I think in uh, Utah, there was like 16 fires that the fire department came out and said, yeah, these were man-made, but we were able to handle them pretty quickly. One of the things, but for some reason, people are making that leap where it's, well, that fire, that person got caught, so all these other fires have to have been caused by by Antifa. And I'm like, you can't make that jump. That's a pretty big leap. Yeah, without any fact. This is why if you watch any cop drama, if you watch any sort of like law and order, you have to have the evidence to prove something. You can't go based simply on your gut unless you apparently watch Blue Bloods. But that's what you can't do. And that's what everybody (laughs) does on the internet. It's, well, I saw this thing online. Like there was a a friend of mine from high school. She's really in the thick of it. Her and her family um, they're out in an area called Estacada, and that is really on fire right now. And they're to the point where they're going to have to evacuate, but they haven't yet. And there's a lot of people who are kind of combing those areas, and there's signs up that they've made their own homemade signs that says, looters beware, we're armed. 
because that's that has been an issue of people showing up and trying to loot the houses of the people who have evacuated. So sure. that's why they don't want to leave. And that's a perfectly valid claim. That's a perfectly valid thing to think because that is happening. But you can't immediately make a jump where it's, well, just because this happened over here, that proves this over here. They're not necessarily linked. Now, your brain might be able to find a pathway, but just because your brain finds that pathway, that's not a fact. That doesn't make it a fact. I that mean, just if I, makes it, your brain very creative. Based on what you're saying, if there are people that are using these fires to, to go and rob people's houses while they're not there, my first assumption would be uh, these, these people are a uh, criminal element. These are probably people who have had run-ins with the law before. I don't think these are upstanding citizens who are going out and opportunistically robbing people who've had to vacate their homes. Well, there's a couple of things here, too. So the guy that filmed himself in Puyallup, Washington, he was trying to light a median on fire. A median is surrounded by concrete. So if he's trying to do any serious damage, he is the stupidest person on the planet. Or he's filming something for attention because he has mental issues. And that is something that has popped up that law enforcement has said is an issue. A lot of the people, not all, again, don't make complete blanket statements, don't work in absolutes. A lot of, not all, are people with mental problems that are starting these fires. That's what they're finding. Like, wow, this person's off their yeah, rocker. I was looking at some of the data, and, and it looks like in some of the cases where they said, you know, people have started these fires. What what they like? Eighty percent of all wildfires in the past decade have been caused by people. Whether it's not putting out a campfire or gender throwing a, you, you know a gender mm-hmm. reveal, whatever it is. So I think some of those numbers might get conflated. It's like, well, these were caused by people. Oh, must be an arsonist. Well, it depends on what you call. You know, in some cases, it's it's people doing stupid gender reveals, as we found out. In some cases, it's. Uh, people being careless with a with a lit cigarette in a really dry area, but yeah. this whole thing of pinning it specifically on your boogeyman, mm-hmm. who and look, you've got your boogie. If your boogeyman is Black Lives Matter, there are people out there whose boogeyman is Patriot Prayer, mm-hmm. you know, or the Boogaloo Boys, the Boogaloo Boys, or, or whatever. The Proud Boys, because because both all of them are like are getting blamed as well, and so no, it doesn't have anything to do specifically with political affiliation it's what are we hearing from the actual police department and what was just a picture you saw on the internet well it gives for some reason uh, on the internet it gives it a lot more credibility if you put it on a background and with a different font it's like no that's just the same as just i mean that doesn't take any more time to do than just whipping something off i mean that doesn't make it official and i think there are some people who think that it that it does somehow I want to I want to hit real quick. Uh, what's this deal? You can't trust my judgment on no. new TV shows or movies. No, there's been. I've never given you uh, like a good review, and it turned out that I was right about something. No, I'm not talking about reviews. I'm talking about your prejudgment. Oh, what I your think about prejudice that are going out. into mm-hmm. something. All right, there are some of these I will totally admit to. I I I thought, and I still think Guardians of the Galaxy are some trip are are some third stringer bench warmers from the Marvel mm-hmm. universe. They did a pretty good job with it. Mm-hmm. Just why would they make uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and we still have zero Moon Knight movies from the Marvel it Universe? Works, but remember, they are working on Moon Knight. That's true. <laughs> um, 
the boys? Did yeah. I have any opinion about the boys? You I don't think so. You were kind of it before, because I think I Lisa watched it was the first. first one to watch it. Yeah, and you I said You were saying that was I was great. very vocal. I don't remember expressing an opinion about the boys, because I didn't know anything about it. But you were, eh, you know, I mean, it's more superheroes, more of... Uh, you were very like poo pooing of it, yeah. yeah. Well, and I remember, and then Brandon then finally wrong, watched it, and then great. But yeah, Brandon watched it, and then he said it was great, and you said, "Oh, okay, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll give it a shot." So when I said that it was good, you were kind of. Mm. He needs the man's opinion, Lisa. Is there was Velocipaster not a good uh, recommendation <laughs> from me? I still haven't seen Velocipaster. Ant Man, yep. yeah. I always thought Ant Man was like the one of the most ridiculous. It's like his. His power is to make himself much less powerful by shrinking down to little size. So, look, I'm still not a still not a huge fan of Ant Man. Although he never really came in handy until he figured out how to become Giant Man. So, well, he helped him figure out how to travel in time too. And that's true. Remember that they, they, he's he's the whole reason they were able to go back and, and defeat Thanos. I will say, Marvel has consistently fooled me by going with these. <laughs> characters that I think are like that nobody wants to see that and then they make it and it's like oh, oh, okay they did a pretty good, good job why don't you go why can't they make a good Fantastic Four movie I don't know that seems to be the one has thing has the that MCU them. No, ever they, tried to do it uh-uh. because good God it's laying right there for you it's the Fantastic Four and yeah. they can't make anything that's not crap uh, the Mandalorian I don't remember saying that oh, I you, thought the Mandalorian wasn't going to be good you poo pooed the hell out of it early on when it was first announced I deny that they were going yeah, well <laughs> You can deny it all you want. I can probably go find the audio, but you were very much, why am I going to watch a show about a Mandalorian if that Mandalorian's not Boba Fett? Oh, I do remember That's that quote. That's specifically what you I said. wouldn't have said that because I think Boba Fett sucks as a character. Like, I've never thought Boba Fett was even particularly good at his no, job. you specifically said, why would I want to watch a show about a Mandalorian if it's not Boba Fett? Can you prove that I said that? I told you I could probably go back and find the audio. All right, don't do that. Okay. All right, Mandalorian's I great. That. I was watching. I'm, I'm watching Mandalorian again, getting ready for the new season, which is like a month and a half away. Yeah. So I'm watching it. It's it's a western. That's what the Mandalorian yeah. is. It's a great Star Wars, and it's one of the best Star Wars things oh, in decades, hands down. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. Uh, yeah, maybe you're right about me. Right, let's take a break. <laughs> we got more of the Buzz Adams Morning Show on the way right at right after this. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. The NFL has said they will discipline coaches who don't wear masks Mm -hmm. during NFL games. Several coaches were seen either not wearing, not just head coaches, but any of the coaches over there, either not wearing masks or not wearing them properly. Rams head coach Sean McVay, he even admitted, he's like, yeah, I think they're talking to me about that one. Because he had one on, but he's like, it was basically pulled onto his chin the whole time. Look, I, I I believe in the the efficacy to the to the extent that it uh, can help of mask, and I don't think the recommendation is just uh, virtue signaling or whatever. I think, but aren't they kind of in the bubble? And if there's no if there are no fans there, aren't they still kind of in the bubble? I mean, the players aren't wearing masks. Well, they they don't, they're not really in a, in a bubble like the NBA not the, or not NHL. like the NBA. But but you know what I'm saying? If the players aren't wearing masks, is the coaches wearing masks more of a symbolic thing? Probably. Uh, so they probably signed a contract with a mask making company, and <laughs> so now they need the coaches to wear the masks so they can promote them. You surprised that the mask that that they're wearing don't have the Nike swoosh on them? Or yeah, something? they got some sort of logo yeah. on there. <laughs> 
uh, to, go with, to go with their Bose uh, headsets. So here's the uh, what was uh, issued by the vice president of football operations for the NFL, Troy Vincent. Uh, he issued a memo yesterday saying protocol requires all individuals with bench area access, including coaches and members of the club medical staff, to wear face coverings at all time. Failure to adhere to this requirement will result in accountability measures being imposed against offending individuals. Uh, there's no word on what those accountability measures will be. It could be a reprimand. I mean, I don't know if it could be a fine or not, but... Okay, th- this is the point where where I'm saying there's a good reason that coaches might not want to have the mask on the entire time. Like, you know, they're talking in their headset. They want to make sure that they're understood by the people they're talking to. Sometimes the coach is yelling to the players on the field, and, and it seems... Have you uh, ever seen a coach in the headset, though? Sometimes they, they usually cover in their mouth yeah, they, anyway. They're covering their, their mouth, and, and so nobody can read their lips like this. Yeah. Oh. But if you got forty guys that are players over there on the sideline, not wearing masks, and then they're going out there and they're getting—let's face it—it's contact sport. They're up close and personal with these other players. It seems like requiring all the coaches to wear a mask and never move it down seems to be kind of a more of a symbolic. Thing. Maybe it's a, like we're setting an example or whatever, but I could certainly see the argument that is a, that a, a head a head coach or an offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator has as much reason that they might want to take the mask off as a player does. So uh, we'll see if this ever gets enforced or not. Um, could you make it an entire day without your phone? Like, would it be possible for you to go an entire day without your phone? The difficulty would be music. Yeah. I could say it would be really inconvenient. I've headed to work and realized halfway that I left my phone and gone back and got it. So yeah. is that important? I could survive, I guess. But according to a new survey, 43% of people said that they would have a tough time making it the entire day without their phone. Well, okay. Well, a tough time, sure. But you'd you'd get through it somehow. Yeah, right? I mean, I, it would be tough because mm-hmm. you know I I listen to podcasts and I listen to music frequently. That's what I use my phone for the most. My phone is my alarm clock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, you know, that would be the hard one. If I had to go a whole twenty four hour period, that's that's my. I'd have to get an alarm clock. Well, I I still have my old alarm clock, but also, how yeah. could I rage post on Brandon's articles on mm-hmm. Facebook? Yeah. If I didn't have my phone. Get off Facebook, bro. <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, that guy. So it's like this, arguing with my friends in Portland. This is, well, I, I wouldn't say I was arguing with anybody specific, specifically. I was kind of more backing up like your central theme. But I, I realized, you know, I don't think these people read the article. Probably not. I think they're just like knee-jerk reacting. Anyway. Uh, younger people, it's no surprise, are more likely than older people to say that it would be really hard to go a day without their phone. What do you think would happen if you took your kid's computer away? Uh, all hell would break loose uh, in his house. My, 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 my youngest? Yeah. yeah. Would probably find a line of excuses not to come over. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's required to be with you. Like, let's say... Uh, you know, her mom's out of town. There's nobody else she can be with. The, the whole everybody else in the family's like out of town. She just couldn't have her computer. Yeah, and and she would sit there and stew, and she would at some point she would go down. She would glare at me, 
and I, I don't know, you know, like maybe she would. Here's here's the thing. Like my kids were brought up with smart devices. They were real little when the first iPhone came out and then the iPad and everything. When when they when they like, say we go out into the woods or we go fishing at a remote place. And once they they're not on their phone for a while, it reminds me of Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. You remember when uh the king, uh, the kid king, is snapped out of his trance. It takes a couple of hours, but then finally, my my kids are like, "Oh, oh the outside world! I'm outside of the influence of the evil Kalimal." <laughs> <laughs> I I might be doing this clumsily, but what what I'm trying to say is, once you kind of break them out, but then as soon as they can get back on their phone. They're right back into it. Uh, people who struggle without their phones are more likely to say the Internet is their main source of information uh, and that they would rather text than talk on the phone. So there you go. 43% of people say it would, they'd have a tough time making it through an entire day without their phone. Yeah, I get the texting thing. I'd rather text than talk on the phone. Uh, there was a separate thing. I'll go, I'll go back and look for this somewhere that said that well, if I had to, if I had to shorten it, I'd say basically anybody under the age of fifty-five would much rather text than talk on the phone. You don't like to text, though. You're texting me this weekend, though. man. You are lonely. Yeah, really. He was texting me this weekend, Lisa. During For what? Fo- Dad, football. Football. Asking if Tom Brady had some cosmetic surgery. Yeah, he, like, <laughs> was that the first one? That wasn't the first one you no. said, was it? No, there's. The, but he eventually, just like get this text, he goes, "Did Tom Brady have plastic surgery?" <laughs> Was, so did he? Yeah, it probably it did. Like, yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he's, yeah, he, he probably had some a few years ago. Um, I would rather text, unless it's going to be more than three or four back and forth texts. You know, if mm-hmm. it's like, okay, if this is a conversation, I'd rather just get on the phone because it would go mm-hmm. a lot quicker. Uh, see, for if me, it's one question, fine. I'm all for texting. If it's even like a I ask a question, you respond, I follow up, you follow up. I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. But if it goes much beyond that, it's just like pick up the phone and talk. It'll be so much quicker. Uh, see, for me, there's there's times where I have lengthy text change and it's or ch- uh, chains, and it's usually like a friend about a sport. It's about um, you know football or basketball and it's during the game. And it's just commentary on the game is really what it is. So, right. I mean, it technically could be a whole phone conversation, but it's easier because chances are we're both doing different things. Uh, maybe I'm cleaning the house or cooking dinner or doing something else at home. And, um, you know, say same thing for him. So we just kind of, you know, you can text. It sits there and then they can respond in their own time. Let's uh, get to our Mo Show calendar at Daily Almanac of Events. Today is El Paso Day because it's 915. Happy El Paso 915 Day, everybody. Today is Greenpeace Day. It's IT Professionals Day. And uh, today is the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month. Birthdays today include Prince Harry. The only way that he would become uh, king at this point is his father would have to pass away, his older brother would have to pass away, and then something would have to happen to uh, the two little princes, the sons of William. The two little princes. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so, so, but his, can he? Because they they removed themselves from the family. So, yeah. Oh, I think if 
it, w- it wouldn't be till years down the road. I, I think he could get back in. But, I, I mean, it would really have to be like some kind of King Ralph scenario where his older brother's <laughs> entire family was taking a king. photograph. Yeah, wow. right. uh, so Prince Harry is 36. Actor, one of the finest actors, Tom Hardy, is 43. Oh, Just great. incredible. Whatever happened to that show? Um, the one where it's like in the 1800s? Yes. Taboo? Taboo. Whatever happened. I know that they were planning a Didn't they do season. a spinoff or something? And then I saw a couple episodes because they'd have them on randomly on Fridays. I thought it bogged down. I mean, I love Tom Hardy and I... Oh, you definitely. Know, I like that definitely. historical stuff, but I thought that it kind of bogged down, and I did not continue watching more than one season. So I don't. There know was only the one season. Mm-hmm. It was. It was kind of like they were building up to him going to the northwest, like here in the yeah, states. Yeah, and it and never then came it just kind of fizzled out. Retired quarterback Miami Dolphins uh, quarterback and Isotoner Gloves pitchman Dan Marino is fifty nine. Good friend of Ace Ventura. Mm-hmm. Former teammate of Finkel. Yeah. Director Oliver Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel. Uh, when transphobia was funny. Those, <laughs> <laughs> those were the old days, huh? Director Oliver Stone is uh, 74. He's done some great movies like Platoon, Wall Street, uh, The Doors was one of his, JFK. Uh, also turning 74, actor Tommy Lee Jones. Is it just me or does Tommy Lee Jones... Does, Seem like he should be a lot older than seventy four. It yeah. seems like even in the eighties he was like an old guy. It was like he was, <laughs> it's like he was seventy when he was filming uh, Men in Black One. Yeah, or The Fugitive. Yeah, right. He's seventy four. I gotta check that out. That doesn't seem like it could be right. Did you ever see the Sunset Unlimited with him and Samuel L. Jackson? I never even heard of it. Oh, it's a great, great movie. I believe it's on HBO. The whole movie takes place in this one apartment, and the premise is Samuel L. Jackson saved Tommy Lee Jones from committing suicide, and the whole thing is a debate about good versus evil, and should he want to stick around. It's a phenomenal movie. Was it in theaters? I don't think so. I think it was straight to HBO. All right, I'll check it out. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. I had an uh, Am I the A-hole scenario from, uh, it was sent in by a listener, and I, I realized that like it might it might uh, cause a lot of opinions. So I think I'll just save it for tomorrow because Joanna's out. I don't have anybody to screen the calls. But it has to do in a, you know, it's not directly related, but it kind of has to do with the uh, if you're not aware of this, people are calling for Netflix to be canceled, mm-hmm. either canceled or cancel your subscription mm-hmm. because of a movie called Cuties, where 11 year old girls perform kind of a. Um, well, I haven't seen it, but I'm just reading what people are saying. They're describing it as a as a uh, sexually charged dance routine. Lisa, you saw Cuties on Netflix yeah. mainly because you wanted to know about the controversy. Yeah, because would you agree that it was a sexually sexually charged dance routine? My thinking is is that um, it was trying to make a point about um, our culture and kind of the way that we do already portray uh, young girls, and it did it in a very uh, shocking way. Uh, it is super cringeworthy. 
it, I'm not going to lie. Like I watched half of it on Sunday and I, I couldn't get through it. But then yesterday I kind of sat there like, okay, I really need to finish it to really see what the whole movie was about. Because the last half is more, I, I really like the ending, shall we say. Uh, but it, yeah, it is. It's very much a shocking display. Uh, it's a, And the girl said it was about her, uh, the director said it was about her life and her growing up. You know, she's from Senegal and she moved to France and it was about, you know, growing up in a very strict uh, Muslim family and then trying to find her way in a different uh, community in a different culture and wanting to fit in. And you see that it is portrayed very well in this movie. However, it is very shocking. And at first when you want to get a little, uh, like there was one point where it, they're doing a dance routine and I'm sitting there just so horrified at what I'm watching. But at the same time, I started laughing because then all of a sudden I see a dance move that I see on these TikTok videos from the WAP video. And so and then it made me think, wait, there's, there's girls that are doing this already. So uh, then I, I guess I kind of started thinking about like, I kind of understand where she's coming from, where she wanted to point this out. Like this is already happening in society. People are saying the sexually charged outfit the girls were wearing. Little girls wear those outfits at dance competitions right now. You know, my my daughter, when she was little, was uh, part of a dance group. And mm-hmm. it, look, it was good exercise. She made a lot of yeah. friends and it was, you know, uh, good activity and stuff. There was always some debate about things like, well, do they do they have to wear so much makeup? You know, some parents were comfortable with things that other parents weren't as comfortable with. Right, and the makeup thing... None of them were twerking, though. Right, well, the makeup thing, too, like, well, that's because you have to be able to see the from the stage. So wearing so much makeup is to accentuate the features so you can see them from the stage. Yeah, but you're like seven. <laughs> Nobody's there because they want to see a dance display. You're there because it's your kid at that age, right? No, you'd be surprised. Some of these girls take it very competitive. You have to think, of, like, for the American Ballet Academy, they can start admitting girls when they're, I think, 10 or 11. So... Dancing, if you want to take it in that route, um, it's very competitive. Uh, one of the they girls, were like seven, man. When I was growing up, there was a girl who she went to one of the uh, ballet academies, one of like the prestigious ones, like New York or American Ballet, and I think she was admitted when she was fourteen, thirteen, or fourteen. So they take them young. Um, because she wanted to be a professional dancer when she grew up. But, uh, you know, and like when I was growing up too, like a lot of our dances, we did a lot of Bob Fosse, which meant fishnet stockings and uh, character heels. And, you know, but so looking at it, I just, from that perspective, I just kind of laughed because I'm like, oh yeah, I could, I, that outfit is not at all shocking for what normally, but the dancing itself is shocking. And I thought maybe if they were to have chose instead, like the girls did um, like a character dance or jazz dance or even like a regular, like a hip hop dance, she would have gotten her point across without shocking and horrifying people. But I think the fact that she's trying to, or the point she's trying to make is that type of style of dancing is what's popular right now. Uh, the I got a couple of things here, and tell me because uh, I haven't seen it. You have, and mm-hmm. I don't plan on seeing it. I mean, it just doesn't seem like anything I'd want to no, watch. No, if you felt uncomfortable during the Little Miss Sunshine dance, I did. Do not watch right? this dance. I then. thought when I watched Little Miss Sunshine, I I was like, why is nobody complaining about this? This is kind of like 
you know, sexual. But in that Abigail sense, Breslin think, was a little girl. But I think in that sense, they were making fun of the dance and they were making fun of how crazy and ridiculous her grandfather was. But she wanted to do it to, you know, because he taught her. So she wanted to do the dance, and then the whole family, I believe the whole family got on stage, right? It was done in, in more of a uh, satirical manner. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah but exactly. It was, still, it was still an actual child well, yeah. performing a sexually charged But you're dance. asking why you don't think people were as upset. I think that's why. Right. That I think it was it was done specifically in more of a satirical manner. And uh, someone brought almost, up their like, Charlie Day. how insane this is. Yeah, someone brought up the name, thank you whoever in the chat did that, for the Charlie Day movie. And because he... She, the little kid does the song I Don't Bleep With You by Big Sean and it's like you little stupid bleep bleep I ain't bleeping with you and the girl's singing it and everyone's horrified in the audience but it's meant to make you like it's done in a satire way it's meant to make, make you laugh and shock you this dance routine these girls do is meant to horrify you like not laugh you're horrified oh it's not for comedic purposes no no okay so the director of Cuties wants you to know that that she and the movie are actually part of the fight against sexualization of children would you would you say that that is a tenable argument on her part i would i would say that also because the 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 parents of the girls that star in the movie as well um take a very strong stance against um that kind of uh sexual uh of making girls look like that, so they probably shouldn't have used that picture f- to promote. And that's where Netflix screwed up. Netflix. That's where Netflix screwed up because Netflix did that. And the the girl who um, the director who made this movie, this woman, she said to look at the poster I chose for the movie. And the poster that she chose is a moment in the film where the girls go on a shopping spree without their parents' permission, and they buy like bras and they buy underwear and things like that and it shows them you know running through the streets with that um and so that was she's like that's the picture i chose for the poster and instead netflix went with you know them dropping it like it's hot let let me give you an example of something that i i thought was like inappropriate kind of sexualization of of really young uh, people are those are pageants. Mm-hmm. Some of the pageants, like the pageant moms mm-hmm. or whatever it is on TV. And I never watched those shows. I only saw Joe McHale make fun of them on on the soup. But I wonder if there are any, um, you know, like American moms who are upset about this movie, which they probably haven't seen, that are also on the pageant scene because a lot of that pageant stuff, man, just seems exactly. like this is so freaking creepy. But that's where, like, like a lot of the outrage I feel like is coming from the same quarters where where pageants for little girls and makeup and you know all the, um, all of that stuff is popular. Yeah, and the the whole thing is too. The four girls are trying to. Um, intimidate or um, imitate the girls in the older dance group. They're trying to act like the older girls and that's where they get this confusion from because they think, well, we have to dance like this and we have to do this so that we can seem uh, more mature and people will take us seriously and people will think we're real dancers. And so that's where you and these girls that are older in the older group, I think they're about to, it's supposed to be about 15 or 16 years old but that's who they're trying to act like and that's who they're trying to um, imitate with their dancing so that's why they're saying like the 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 movies about little girls that are for are in a world that they're forced to grow up too soon and too early because of culture and the way that people act and the things that are on television and things like that it's causing girls to grow up too early but i'm okay just skipping it right 
Yeah. Like this shouldn't be required viewing. I, I, I no, I would say maybe for I don't know. Well, you you have a young daughter, so I mean, maybe read about it. Read a couple articles <laughs> about it because I would not. Yeah, I, it was very cringeworthy and uncomfortable for hey, me. I cannot imagine. What real you would quick, feel. change the gears for a second. I I just want to mention that Taco Bell is debuting its own custom wine called Jalapeno Noir, and uh, that is to be paired with their new menu item, the Toasted Cheesy Chalupa. Uh, Right now, it's a limited time, and it's only in Canada, but I don't know. I already got my own drink that I pair with uh, Taco Bell, and that's Pepto-Bismol. I mean, that's just uh, like hardwired in. So uh, Joanne has come back uh, tomorrow. She took a couple of vacation days, but it's hard to get phone calls, you know, when Joanna's gone, so... Let me throw this out there, and, and if we do get any calls, we'll take them during the break, but I just want to kind of throw the topic out there. There was an announcement yesterday about when uh, El Paso Independent Schools are going back to in-person in class, and it's October the 1st, and it's kind of kind of uh, a hot-button topic because there are teachers saying, you know, they didn't tell us until they just announced that that's what it is. A little heads up would have been nice. Well, that and the fact that they went against what they had previously been talking about. Well, what was the latest that they were talking about? Mid? Mid-October. Mid-October. Like October 19th. And then they decided during the day they were going to meet, come to the decision, and then kind of just blast it out on Facebook without kind of giving the teachers a heads up. All right, so what, what they've done in a lot of parts of the country where they, they've gone back to class, some a lot of them have done this where half of the half of the kids go on one day and then the other half go the other day, and whichever whichever half isn't there uh, does remote learning from home. Uh, do you, have the, did they say if that was going to be the case? Or is it just like to, every- you have to choose. Well, no, what really stinks is one thing that we were kind of hoping for was they were going to do a split where you could do both. You could stay still do at home like three days a week and you would be in class two days a week and they could stagger the students throughout the week. But now the problem is... And, and then you could opt into that or opt out you could, or Yeah, you could opt... Like you you basically get to choose. On a on an individual basis or, or by the school? Like the school would have to decide. You know, you, you get to parent. choose what All you right. want for your student. And this is what's going to be difficult is... How are the teachers going to be able to do both? There's a lot of questions that, from what I can tell, have not really been answered. Um, what, what do you get a feeling of? Like, what are a lot of teachers saying? I imagine you got, you know, teachers are like other people. You got varying opinions on it. But is there kind of like a, you know, a common uh, a common thought on this? Yeah, there's one here that says, why were teachers not told about this timeline before? Just last week, we were told EPISD did not have any plans to open soon. We have to find out through social media. Okay, that's kind of a punch in the gut there that you don't find out until you see it on social media. You Mm -hmm. would think that they would keep you a little ahead of the curve there. Another person here says, uh, teachers should have been told first before putting it out to the community. We are always the last to get info. It should be teachers get the info, then the community. Instead, we find out through social media. Yeah, if the, if the teachers had gotten the info, we would have got the info, right? I mean, it wouldn't have been a thing where it's like, all right, we're letting you know a week early, but don't tell anybody. Like, well, and one they would have told people. One of the big things, too, is that it seemed like they came up with this plan without consulting the teachers for input. 
it was kind of a, hey, let's do this meeting while they're teaching. We'll come to the conclusion and then we're going to announce it without really any input at all from the teachers, which is a really bogus. Again, if I am speaking out of turn, um, if there's information that I am not privy to, then by all means, you know, call up. We'll pause to take. Well, I don't think that's possible that there's information you're not privy to. Well, no, I mean, I'm (laughs) talking. I'm just kidding. There's got to be something that maybe I don't know, but it's it's, quite frankly, it just it seems like EPISD. They blew this big time. I, they, they like they were in a vacuum when it came to here's what we're going to do, and they didn't take into account anything to do with the teachers. And now the teachers are the ones that are going to get the brunt end of it. I guess I assumed, and you know what they say about assuming, but I had thought, well, the schools and the district and even like the principals were probably, you know, in fairly fairly consistent contact with the teachers. You know, given updates and information yeah so uh even episd has responded on the the facebook page and it says here that the board meeting took place at 10 a.m yesterday they shared the information as quickly as possible to the community before yesterday the reopening date was set for october 19th they shared that the board was considering an earlier in-person instruction date when they sent out the survey but again it just it feels like episd went ahead, made the decisions without consulting the people who this is truly going to affect. And now they're just kind of like, well, we, you know, like we kind of told you. Like it just, it seems very bogus to me. All right. Well, let's do this then. If I'm going to give out the phone number, if you want to call, maybe wait till we get in the commercials, we come back and, you know, we'd, we'd be able to line up these phone calls uh, a little better. Like, is there something that, that we're missing or that we don't know? Uh, about this, but I guess October 1st now is when the kids are going to start going back, but not mm-hmm. all of them may go every day or on the same day. The number is 844-305-6210. 844-305-6210. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. This uh, seems kind of sudden, but uh, EPISD... Revealed yesterday that they're going to have kids start returning to class on October 1st. And that came as a surprise to a lot of parents and also a surprise to a lot of teachers who thought that they would have been kept abreast of the situation a little closer. One of the uh, comments here says uh, the, the school board caved to parents that bitched about distance learning mm-hmm. and the board also looked at the financial situation. Parents bitched enough to threaten that they would send their kids elsewhere if they didn't get their way. So we end up screwing over the teachers because the parents are throwing a fit. It's great lessons we're teaching our kids. Do the teachers, I mean, nothing's unanimous, but would you say the majority of, of teachers from what you've seen... From don't what want to I, go from back what I've yet, seen, but then again, or just want to be why, kept in the loop. But more. yeah, and see, this is what I'm saying is that you know I might not be completely knowledgeable of the entire situation. It, it really de- Facebook post. Yeah, but. it really depends because I have a uh, a teacher that I am close with that she teaches a science subject and she is desperate to go back to school uh, because she is saying that she can tell her students are are not able to comprehend uh, the information that she's telling them but then also there's other things that are coming into practice where she has students that are saying uh, you know telling her like teacher I have to go make my brothers and sisters breakfast 
So they leave the class because what is she going to tell them? No, don't feed your siblings. And so they'll leave the class to go make breakfast for the kids and then try and come back and catch up with whatever they they didn't they weren't there for. And then they have other ones where, you know, they can't do a lot of the lab uh, assignments because they're not in a lab um, environment. Uh, So she wants to go back to school. And she's saying she's like, I'm trying to get these kids to be able to be at a collegiate level and I can't do that when I'm trying to teach them through a computer then at the same time the she has problems with Wi-Fi dropping kids are having their Wi-Fi drop and so she's trying to teach them something and then they'll have to you know message her and say hey my Wi-Fi is not working again I'm going to try and move it one more time and so there are some teachers that do want to go back to school but then I do have another uh, teacher that I know that he is like heck no I don't want to go back to school uh you know, and it is frustrating it, on a lot of different levels. Uh, there was a kid the other day that told him, teacher, I don't have Wi-Fi right now. My parents took me on a trip, so I can't do my schoolwork today. Well, what the hell? You, like, and, and, you but, wouldn't be in class anyway. If you were on a trip, you'd be missing all that schoolwork anyway. But because of the fact that the parents are working from home or the parents aren't going to work, they decided to take this kid out of school and take him on a trip. And so now this well, kid is... parents. Yeah, but, the, but that's part of the thing is that he's like, if the kids were in school... The parents wouldn't be so inclined to say, eh, screw it, let's go out of town, let's go visit grandma and grandpa for a few days because I don't have to be at work anyways, so, you know, you don't, you can do school whenever. So there, there's a lot of different uh, things at play right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the the one girl that was telling me, she's like, yeah, I mean, they're, they have to stop their class and, or what they're learning so that they can go check on the younger brothers and sisters. So they'll go and they'll say, like, excuse me, like, I, I need to go. My brother needs help with this assignment he's doing right now. And they'll have to leave their class. And this, uh, she obviously, she teaches in high school. Now imagine, uh, imagine having 20 kids, you know, <laughs> and they've got different situations going on in there. Yeah, because one's making breakfast, one's helping with another kid, one has to go, you know, change the baby's diaper, one has, you know, so she's like, it's very much, I don't have a classroom where they're paying attention to me for a very solid hour, hour and a half. She's like, I have students that have life going on right around their computer. Well, depending on the age, it's not even life, it's just the kid's attention span, because I know my kids started out, they were, they, they would get breaks and then it seemed like every half hour she was like on a break for five minutes just to get like away from the screen for five minutes but even that wasn't working and when we asked the teachers they're like yeah we got them for maybe 45 minutes and then it's just it becomes daydream time. you mean 45 minutes for the hour or 45 the minutes kids for pay the, attention for the That's day it. well i mean for it, it when from when they sat down and it's like you know how do we get them back so it got to the point where my kid was breaking for lunch at between 11.30 and 11.45, logging back in at 12.30. It got to the point where the teachers were letting them out at 10.30 because that, that whole hour from 10.30 to 11.30, the kid can't sit like that for that long staring at a screen. A classroom environment is completely different. And while a lot of the teachers are upset with EPISD from what I'm seeing, it's not necessarily – it's not that we don't want to go back to school it's that you guys kind of went behind our backs to make this decision without asking us, without getting any input from us. And then you just kind of made the decision during the day while we're working. And then you just expect, because I mean, this is two weeks from now that they're expecting the, 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 the teachers to be ready to go 
for in-class and online because those options are both there. You can do fully in-class. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the one thing that I really wish they would have done is they had the option to where you could stay online for like three days a week. Yeah. You could be in class two days a week. That option was taken off the table. So now it's either 100% in class or 100% online. And They're not wife, doing a staggering or no. that's not an option at all? And my mm. wife and I were kind of upset about that because that's what we wanted. That's what we were going to do. And we constantly get those phone calls of, oh, you got to take the survey. And it's like, well, your survey sucks. You took off the option we wanted. And, it's, and it seems like EPISD is so in their own heads and in a bubble in regards to how this affects the teachers and the parents. And the one thing that I hope does not happen is that this is one of those scenarios where you can very easily look at your situation and look at the sacrifices that you have to make and then be very selfish about it, not realizing all sides are having to sacrifice here all sides are being affected. Like the parents could very easily look at this and be like, well, I can't believe you're expecting me to do all of this stuff and completely forgetting the things that the teachers are going through and vice versa. The teachers are thinking like, I can't believe I have to do all of this, not understanding that the parents have something that they need to deal with as well. Because, you know, for me coming from a parent, it's vastly different where my wife, thankfully she was let go of her job months ago. Because she's at least able to stay home and help now. Hey, good news, honey. You lost your job. You don't realize it now, but when school starts back up. Yeah, yeah. we're going to need that. Like, but yeah, it, you're like, you got another job. You're now a teacher. Yeah, but, and that's, <laughs> but see, and that's the weird situation. And I really, and I, I hope this doesn't happen, but EPISD's decision here is leading to this. And that's people forgetting that we are all in this together. We all have to deal with this. And the only way to get out of it is to work together, not making some bogus ass decisions in a meeting without taking the teachers into account. I I mean, we've had a few weeks and we had all summer. We knew about the pandemic. I'm sure that the teachers had had some input. I don't think they would have been completely locked out for the past seven months. Right. I'm, we're talking about this decision now, yeah, right? Like this, like this one was made. They had a full graphic and everything ready to go. So what they were able to do apparently is have this meeting and get the full graphic designed and ready and online within a couple of hours. Really? Like I don't buy that crap. I don't buy that, and I don't buy that EPISD has everybody's best interest at heart here. I believe that EPISD jumped the gun because they were getting pressure. And they buckled and folded, and it's now biting them in the ass. I try to remember, like, when I, what what grade is your kid in now? Third. Yeah. So when I was in third, fourth, fifth grade, right, right on through really all my public education, it was, it was so hard for me to concentrate in the class. Like, I would just daydream, you know, because anything was better. And that was where I could get busted by the teacher. I can only imagine if I was allowed to do it from my house, you know? Like, how distracted would I be if I were doing it from my house? One of my uh, daughter's classes, and, and I try and get, like, well, how's it going? What do you think about it? And I don't get a whole lot, but one of her classes is choir. And I, so I'm asking her, well, how does that work? You know, I was imagining, oh, it's on Zoom. Does everybody sing? No, there's no way they could do that because, you know, the timing. You can't get 20 different kids or 30 kids to sing and that their their computers are all going to be like have the exact same lag on what's going on. Uh, so I said, well, what do you do uh, during choir? And she says, nah, nothing like, you know, we'll have something to read or 
you know, it's just talking about it. But as far as, or, you know, we'll have an assignment that we, we sing on our own or something. But as far as, like, choir, there's no way they're doing that. Uh, we got a phone call. You just want to let me know who nope, it is? No, 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 Literally typing right now. All right. Don't take it. Haven't screened it because I can't screen because Lisa and I are in the same room. So I said right, I right, can't right, screen right. the call without it going over the microphones. All right. Well, hey, Buzz, do a monologue real quick. Yeah. No, you know what? If the, <laughs> if the caller will hold, I mean, I want to talk to callers whether they, they agree with what you're saying or not. No, I mean, if, 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 if people have more information, please, by all means, yeah. Let us know because I know that like for, for me it really bugs me what EPISD did. But I that could I could be completely wrong. You may not have the full story. I, yeah, and I could be one hundred percent wrong. Right, well, Again, I've said this a thousand times. I don't care about being right. I care about finding the right answer. And I hope this doesn't get lost with this decision where it just becomes a battle. We have to be willing to work together to find the solution. Uh, I'll tell you what. If if anybody wants to call, it, we're just going to have to do it in the next six minutes. We're going to have to do it in the next six minutes. Uh, and if the whoever's on the line, if you'll hold on, we'll we'll obviously go to you. Yeah, first, all they got was we, a really quick. I was like, Buzz Adams Morning Show. Can you hold? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so real, they're just like, yeah, sure. Real quick, I got a, a Florida story. It's not a Florida man story. It's the entire town of Opalaca. Are you familiar with that one, Brandon? Opalaca. Opalaca. Florida, baby. Opalaca uh, this week repealed ordinances they had that said that people could receive citations for wearing pants that exposed their undergarments. Yes, so it's like an anti-baggy pants mm-hmm. ordinance that had been on the books, uh, and now they've done away with those. So I guess in other words, get ready for the return of some butt crack in open yeah. It's Opa-laka. not butt crack, it's really just underwear. Yeah, but I've seen, you know, like if you if you, you can see the out, underwear at some point no, just at some butts? some every now and then you'll see that uh at least he's looking at butts. you'll see that butt yeah. crack. Well you can't help it. <laughs> Get ready for the return of the butt crack. It's the Buzz Adams Morning Show Podcast. All right, I'm going to get at these calls uh, right away because uh, people, you know, have opinions, especially if you got kids in school, uh, about the decision to uh, resume in-person schooling. I do want to say, and I'm going off of uh, KTSM's reporting on this uh, real quick, so uh, I just want to be clear based on this that it there there are waves. Uh, going on, so not everybody's going back October the first, um, but on October first and second, uh, special education, early childhood uh, education, English language learners are going to return. Uh, Pre K, K, first grade and yeah. second grade. Then the week of October the fifth through the ninth, sixth grade students uh, can return five days a week. Ninth graders, so it, it's laid out here. I, I don't want to go through the entire thing, but. Uh, they say that, you know, the latest, some of the kids are going to go back is mid-October, mm-hmm. which is what the timeline was. And according to this uh, report on KTSM, they uh, say that there is uh, the option for online learning. Uh, you know, I don't know all the details of that, but they say that that is an option. So let's talk to uh, some callers. First of all, Doug, who's <clears throat> been on the line uh, hi, Doug. Hi. Hi, Doug. What's uh, what's your uh, opinion of this decision? Well, you know, for the high school, when the high school goes back, if you choose for them to go back in the class instead of on the computer, 
they are home three days a week, and they're actually in class two days a week. See, that's what I was wondering, because I had heard of like a lot of places that are already back at school. We kind of have you know, some test cases going on in other states, and that that was an option. Like Some of the kids would be going three days, and some of them are staggered. Like Some of the kids go on a Monday, Tuesday. Uh, other kids go on a Wednesday, Thursday, or something like that. Do you know uh, the, the particulars of that in El Paso, Doug? Yeah, uh, the only reason why I think that they're maybe doing that for the high school is probably because of the volume of students that, that attend the high school. It'd be kind of hard to do social distancing and all that. But, but if you ask me, they should give that option to every, to, to every grade level. I, I think so, just based on what I've seen in other school districts. And and listen, this hasn't worked out like clockwork in other states. There have been some states that sent the kids back and they had to, to take a week or two and think it over again. Well, that's why I think that they're staggering it to see what happens when some of these kids go back to school. Because if there's a spike in cases, they'll they will not be in school anymore. They'll they'll be back online. Right. If we if said. we see these cases start to blow up, not only among the the kids but among teachers and the staff and stuff, they'll have to reassess that. But uh, Doug, I, you're saying accor- according to what you're telling me, though, this is uh, the stagger is only for kids ninth ninth through twelve uh, ninth grade through twelfth grade. Right, right. Because I have uh, I have kids that are in high school, and then I have kids that are in elementary school. So, yeah, that's what it is. All right, Doug. I appreciate it. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. All have right. a good one. Bye bye. All right. So it's not it's not October first. Every kid no. is required to go back. That's that's not the case. All right, Clint. Hello. Hey, Buzz. How are you doing today? Doing good, Clint. What's up? Hey, uh, I'm just glad EPIC is finally providing some choices. Uh, we actually pulled our two boys from their elementary school within EPISD two weeks ago to get them into face-to-face education at a charter school yep. because the virtual learning was just not working on every level. We were uh, personal assistants to our first and second graders all day long to make sure they were where they're supposed to be on the zoom and they just weren't learning what they were supposed to be you know i i can't imagine having a having a first grader you know and try and say hey sit here and and pay attention you know anybody who thinks that that is going to go off without a hitch has never had a a six or seven year old before yeah we're just happy there's some choices um epsd just took too long to do so so now they're gonna lose the funding per child which is like eight or nine thousand dollars that they receive from state and federal funding so that's going to go elsewhere to someone who can do face-to-face education uh teachers should get choices as well i mean i'm sure plenty of them want to do virtual but there's also like lisa said plenty of kids uh teachers that want to return face-to-face well yeah let me tell you they're they're being paid for you know uh keeping the risk in mind and uh you know the seriousness of of what's going on i got the feeling that it's it's not a a great substitute for being in a classroom and and having that structure and stuff so i i agree with you they should be considered essential workers i'm sitting in an office right now any person could walk in and be in my face but we're taking the proper precautions to make sure we're not spreading any virus around. Um, teachers are going to have to do the same thing. It's essential to educate our children, and uh, they yeah. haven't been getting it with the virtual. All right. Thanks, Clint, for the call. Have a good one. I appreciate it. I agree with some of what he said, but not all of it. The whole, well, the teachers have to be there face-to-face. 
I'm really iffy on that because we don't know how this is going to react. Like, yeah, he's saying that he's in an office where other people are able to walk in. You're talking about groups of 30 kids, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10-year-olds. You really think you're going to be able to control them in a public setting, especially when they've been locked down for this long? You think you're going to be able to keep them from, like, they where they're always going to wash their hands and they're going to wash their hands properly and they're not going to touch things and they're not going to put things in their Yo, mouth? my friends can't even control me and I was in lockdown only for like a month or there two. There you go. Perfect example. But that's the thing is that everybody here has their own point to make. And I mm-hmm. think the biggest issue with what happened here is EPISD backed themselves into a corner for taking too long. And this is where I 100% agree with Clint was that he was saying that they waited too long and now they have to make kind of a, I don't want to say rash decision. Rushed but, maybe. Is yeah, the very rushed. And now it's kind of biting them in the butt. And that is what is the underlying issue here. And like, the teachers were not consulted. I know that there's teachers who want to get back to the classroom. I know that there's teachers who want to stay virtual. One of the big, bigger issues, too, is that the, the teachers, a lot of them, they're putting in even more. Like You thought teachers were underpaid and overworked before. Mm-hmm. It's even worse now. I mean, like we can, anybody can go sit and complain about their job. Go try to be a teacher. I know a lot of teachers. And it is arguably one of the most difficult jobs that you can have. And it's been made even harder and more difficult because of COVID-19. And unfortunately, I think far too many people only think, well, how does this affect me? And you can't do that. What's interesting is we've had two different people who are staff members at EPISD that have contacted saying that there's been a lot of COVID cases, but they're not saying anything to the public One person said that they are an employee that wants to be anonymous. Another one wrote in and said that uh, I work for EPISD. People have been testing positive at campuses. District hasn't notified the public, but those campuses are still providing lunches um, on campus district employees. Wait, who's been? Did you say this is EPISD? Yeah. Who's been having lunch on campus? No, uh, they've been they've been serving them. Yeah, like you can, you can go get uh, you can go oh, get your right, school all right. all summer. It was free. Yeah, you didn't and see then, Joanna back there with those orange uh, orange juice boxes. Oh my god, <laughs> they, they gave us so many of those. It was great. Yeah, Joanna kept coming with them. I'm like, yo, where are these from though? Yeah, oh, I wonder where she got those pigs in a blanket. <laughs> yeah, well, and so Adden in our Facebook chat says, yes, that's why they're teachers, bro. They had to control the kids before. Why not now that they've had all this time off? Well, you're missing the point. If, have you ever stepped into a second or third grade classroom? Are those kids doing everything exactly that they're supposed to do? They're full of energy. That's yeah. For sure. And that's and that's the point. I, is that they're I, I able don't think to they're con- out of control. I've seen a lot of classes, but kids, you know, are exuberant and, and they're excited. And I'll, I'll tell you this, though. I think there's a chance that maybe kids are going to be more reasonable than a lot of adults. And I base that uh, not on personal experience, but I, I listened to uh, This American Life podcast and they were in Utah, which had opened, you know, back at the beginning of uh or, or in the middle part of August, and there were a couple of teachers, and they said, yeah, you know, the kids need to be reminded, but for the most part, the kids, and one of the, one of the it was a married couple, one of the teachers was a high school teacher, and one of them was a grade school teacher, and they said, it, in either one, grade school or high school, the kids were not as obstinate as some of the parents were, because this was the school district where they had the uh, the meeting with parents and the the school board president or the superintendent or whatever got up and said, hey, nobody's wearing a mask. 
nobody's following any of the recommendations. This meeting is adjourned. Do you, do you remember there was a story about that? So mm-hmm. they were following them, and they were saying, look, uh, yeah, kids, there's a whole set of issues that come with, with being a kid, but, but one of them is not, thankfully, is not that you're as kind of set in your ways as your parents are. So they were saying, yeah, the kids, you know, actually across the board kind of followed instructions better than the parents did. So, yeah. But the other thing, too, is that kids are going to have energy. They're going to be around other kids. Hey, we're going to go do recess, but don't get within six feet of each other. Like, I, I think expectations are high. I hadn't even responded. He said, yes, my kids are in that grade talking about seven, eight, nine, ten year olds. Have you ever sat in a class? Like, yeah, you can keep them contained for maybe half hour, 45 minutes, read a book, give a lesson, something. But there's a reason you stagger things and there's a reason that you break up the monotony during the school day. <clears throat> because kids can't sit for that long. That's just the nature of being a child. And you need to allow them to go expend that energy and do things. That's what we do with, with my kid when she's on a break. Go run outside for a little bit. Go do something. Yeah, go run, run, over, run around the block twice. I think if you're, and that's the thing is your expectations are, are are too high when it comes to the teachers being able to control 30 kids for seven hours out of the day under COVID-19 restrictions. But again, I know what I'm saying makes it sound like I'm very much like, oh, well, we need to keep homeschooling or keep virtual learning. Absolutely not. I, I am for face-to-face, but I'm for face-to-face with everybody's input being taken into account, finding the best solution, and I don't think we have found that yet. All right. Uh, also, just going off this uh, report from Channel 9 KTSM, teachers and other employees in the district will be begin reporting for on-campus safety training starting September 28th. So not all the kids necessarily are going back that first week of October, but it looks like most of the teachers are going to be doing uh, safety training. You know, uh, like I say, it's a type of thing. It's happened uh, in other places where they opened on the regular schedule and realized after a week, this is, this is popping up too much. We got to, we got to think it, you know, rethink it. All right. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. 